Welcome to the Heart of Life podcast sponsored by Riverbend Counseling in Colorado Springs. I am Jesse Steffes. And I am Brooke Small. And we are coming to you today with some talk about boundaries and specifically around the holidays. Uh, This is the first year in a couple of years that many are able to gather. I think we're all kind of coming back from years where holidays in the past couple of years have been pretty distanced. So we're seeing new family dynamics and new exchanges. Um, so we're excited to move through today's letter. Our letter writer writes, Dear Heart of Life, This will be the first Christmas in two years that I have spent with my three children and two grandchildren. It's hard for me to even describe how excited I am to have them all together. I keep thinking about all the traditions we shared when they were children. When I was telling my son about the plans I was making for Christmas Eve, he became very quiet and I could tell he wasn't excited. He told me that they will only come if we don't talk about religion at all. When I asked why, he told me that this was a boundary that I needed to respect. I know my son isn't religious anymore, but this is still an important part of my life and celebrations. I want them there and so I will comply, but my heart is broken because this is a part of the holidays that is also important to me and attached to so many memories. What do I do if the boundary he's setting doesn't feel fair to me or our other family members? I'm afraid that if I protest, he won't bring his family, which would break my heart even more. What should I do? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can hear the sadness in this letter. Sadness and hope, right? This, This hope and excitement to have everyone together and to be able to move back into these spaces that were so meaningful for this mother right nostalgia Mm -hmm. and the the desire for the connection to be the traditions the rituals the ceremonies but also with the people right that she loves most right and and i feel i feel particularly about this one because as a mother i know that so much of my experience around big moments and Mm -hmm. events and days has to do with the tradition that has really solidified memory for me. Yeah. So I, I, I hear her pain and feeling like this needs to be different Mm -hmm. when she doesn't really want it to be different. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, in the word in in the letter, the word comply Mm -hmm. is very telling, right. Of Mm -hmm. exactly the resolve and almost maybe even a feeling of resignation. And if I want them there, I want them there. I have to give Mm -hmm. this part up. That's really important to me. Yeah. I think it's important for us to talk about what boundaries are. Because boundaries, being boundaried, creating boundaries, holding boundaries, all of those are such (laughs) buzzwords on the internet Mm -hmm. right now in in pop psychology, all of those things. But we don't do a very good job of really explaining what they are why we have them and why mm-hmm. they're important. And so often they are used as ways to um, control a mm. situation or other people when that's mm-hmm. really not the intent of them. Right. So when we're talking about boundaries today, around specifically around this letter, but in general, boundaries are meant to maintain or improve a relationship. Mm-hmm. So they are not meant to push people away. They're not meant to control other people, 
but meant to help us show up in that space mm-hmm. and help help us really create the authentic relationship that we want. Right. And and boundaries done well and boundaries done appropriately usually helps us increase belonging and increase connection. And so and I I really appreciate how you're bringing up the idea of how buzzwordy these have become. I've often seen boundaries or this is my boundary used to hopefully limit someone else's actions or to change someone else's behavior. Sometimes those things are results of boundaries, but if that's our only intent in setting a boundary, I don't know that that's a boundary anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, going back to that idea, boundaries are, are something that we set for ourselves. They're not something we set for other people. Mm-hmm. So I want to hold space and respect that her son has set a boundary that says, hey, talk about religion is uncomfortable for me. I don't like it for whatever his experience has been within that. Mm-hmm. Um, that he gets to set that boundary mm-hmm. and he gets to express that boundary. This gets tricky, right? Because it it does impact the other people. Yeah. But we need to think about how, when we set a boundary, how we want to maintain that. Uh, and this is tricky. So let <laughs> let's use a different example other than holidays, because holidays get kind of messy, and we'll come back to that. Yeah. You and I have talked about if we walk into someone's home that we regularly visit, and they are watching something that makes us uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. We can ask them, hey, can you turn that off? I, it, it makes me feel pretty uncomfortable. I don't like the way I feel when I listen to that kind of information or when I'm seeing those images on TV. Yeah. They could say, yeah, hey, I get that. I'll turn it off, no problem. I want to spend time with you here anyway. Right. If we continue to walk into the house and it's there and we say, hey, you know, that's that's making me really uncomfortable. Could we turn that off while, while I'm here visiting? And they say no. Mm-hmm. Well, they're saying, they're stating a boundary around that. Right. But we have, we have a right to be able to say, hey, okay, if you want to continue to do that here, I respect that. That's something that you're doing. But when we visit next, can we visit in my house? Mm -hmm. Or when we visit next, could we go to a restaurant or a coffee shop? Right. Because now you're setting a boundary for yourself that says, I feel really uncomfortable when I'm in this environment, Mm -hmm. but I I value and honor the relationship. And if I want to maintain or improve it, the circumstances around it have to change. So now let's meet somewhere else. And I think that really that really highlights in a beautiful way, you know, pulling it off of holidays, which are charged and have a lot of layers and meaning tradition. When we can pull that example out and say, it reinforces that a boundary is something that we do around ourselves or that we do in our own behaviors, actions. And so it's boundaried or it's having a boundary to say, next time let's meet at my house. Because when I come here, exposure to that is really hard. It's the easy answer, but also the severing answer to say, every time I come here, this is on, so I'm not coming anymore. And until you change, I won't be coming. Mm -hmm. That creates disconnection and that creates a lack of relationship at that point. And sometimes that is the result of a boundary that's needed. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we go to that space, but this letter writer is really asking, how can I have relationship and also honor 
what's really important to me. Right. And she's so excited to have her family and her grandchildren together. So I want to look at this a little bit closer within this context now. Mm -hmm. When we think through the traditions that we have around holidays, there are certain things that we do, but there are certain ways that we feel within those Mm. things. And so if we can start to separate those and really distill down to, hey, what is it about this particular tradition that I love? Maybe it's, I love that we sit so quietly and we read a story together. Mm. Or I love that we light these candles and really take a moment of mindfulness and gratitude to be there together. Almost everything that we do, we can remove the language Mm -hmm. and still experience the feeling. And so what I would encourage this, this mother to do is to be able to look at the traditions that she has, that she has such fond memories of, and think about what it was that she felt in that moment Mm -hmm. and how to recreate that feeling Mm -hmm. with her family Mm -hmm. without maybe the charged language or or pushing past somebody's spoken boundary Mm -hmm. in order to do that. Because the truth is, if the if the tradition is to sit down maybe and read a Christmas reading, mm-hmm. um, and she wants to have the family gather, mm-hmm. and so with this spoken boundary, she sits down and she does it anyway because she really wants that. It's gone, right? Yeah. Because when we push past someone's boundary, we're not going to get a result of feeling connected. Right. There's going to be resentment. There's going to be frustration. But when we also sit down in a space thinking, I'm not going to get what I want because I can't do it the way that I want, there's also going to be disconnection and resentment. Right. So coming back to what do I want to feel and how can I create that? And I think in determining some of those things, this letter writer might benefit from really gauging the importance of certain things for herself. And, and if there are things that feel very non-negotiable in her value system or in her, um, in her faith system or her system of how these holidays move through her world, if there's, if there's a sacredness to them, those may be non-negotiables. So how do you make sure that those still exist for you in the way they need to, to meet that expectation for yourself? And maybe that means negotiation of saying, hey, you know, we we read this story, so maybe that evening you guys take the kid and look at some Christmas lights in the neighborhood for a little while while your dad and I share a moment over tea and read through this together because we want you comfortable and we also need to to do this for what's important and sacred for us. Well, and you're talking about her boundaries and his boundaries, and there is room and space for both in a healthy relationship. That's right. When we say, I am the only one that can be boundaried in this, or my boundary is more important than yours, we're not, again, doing it to improve or maintain a relationship. Right. And if we really insist that someone respect our boundaries, we also have to respect theirs and Mm -hmm. so that example you gave is so perfect and we want you here we're so excited this is a very important part to us as well and i want to respect your boundary so during this time could you go look at christmas lights or i have a whole box of fun holiday books upstairs that you could go read with the kiddos while your dad and i do this right there are all sorts of ways to move through and around this without having to abandon ourselves right right 
one of the things that we see often you and I in our therapy spaces are people trying to fit someone else's need right that they neglect or ignore their own for the sake of harmony right. and that's not healthy either so so there is space to be able to compromise to negotiate and to also let our boundaries and right. values be important well and as as we're talking about this and kind of untying the knots in the main um in kind of the the surface question here around holidays tradition boundaries i'm also I'm also thinking about what it might feel like for this mom who is deeply held still to a lot of these traditions, um, watching, watching her son walk away from the underpinning of those and how painful I believe it can be for a parent to watch their children shift away from something that's still deeply important or even siblings or, or kids watching their parents. But in those spaces of someone walking away from something that's still so life-giving to you, I think that emotion also needs to be attended to and being able to say, I'm grieving not only because this will feel different this year, but I'm grieving for what I believe this means about maybe this relationship altogether. And how do we create space when we're watching something like that happen how do we create space for simultaneously staying in what feels life-giving to us and being rooted in that while providing a lot of a lot of space for who this person is to explore what is going to mean something for them? Mm-hmm. One of my favorite authors has said that we must grieve in order to achieve creativity. Mm-hmm. Grieving is necessary. We have to move through and let go in order to know how to create something new. And so honoring that space of, hey, this is sad. It's not gonna be the way I hoped it would be, the way I've always remembered it to be joyous and life-giving. Let let yourself feel that and right. be there so that you can open up the doors to what is new and possible. It's not all loss. Yeah. Right, I think especially around in, around big days, big events, we, have a sense that the tradition is the tradition and will always be the tradition. But that had to start new somewhere, right? (laughs) Right. That had to be a new thing that someone did somewhere. Mm -hmm. And so we have the ability to be able to grieve the old tradition, to honor what we have learned and felt in those spaces, but also create something new. Mm -hmm. I want this to be a night filled with quiet or joy or connection, you know, wonder, all of those things, what can we work together as a family to create new mm-hmm. in this space that would mm-hmm. allow us to do that? And and I love the idea of pinning that to feeling and experience instead of the ritual itself. And as, as adults, right, I'm thinking about um, my own experience with leaving my parental home and creating new traditions for myself. And one of the things that's a non-negotiable for me is I always get to set up the nativity scene, which I did from being little, and I'd change it every day. Like, now the sheep needs to be here, and <laughs> right? But I, I own now, my parents gifted me just last year when my partner and I moved into our new home, they gifted me my childhood nativity scene that was our family tradition nativity scene, and now it gets to live at my house. There's so much comfort and meaning that is filled for me in 
having a place for that and setting it up in a way that feels beautiful to me. And it's, it connects me to my parents. It connects me to my childhood. It connects me to all these things. My partner is like, that's cool that it's there, right? There's not the same meaning, but we're starting new traditions too of lighting candles and thinking about the previous year. And so finding ways of what can I have that still touches to history and touches to nostalgia and is really important to me. And what are the things I need to, and I think you're saying exactly this, what are the things I need to implement new that holds everybody who is in my life now Mm -hmm. and what my family makeup looks like right now? Right. When the first Christmas season after my divorce, the way that... The parenting plan was written the way that the state kind of mandated what the parenting plan would look like. I was not going to have my kids for the first time ever. Wow. For for Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. And that was really heartbreaking to me because I was wrapped up in the things we did mm. on those days and traditions and and I had to make space for the grief and the loss mm-hmm. of that. But also, I, I came to this understanding that they're just days. Yeah. Those are just days. Yeah. And, and what did I want to feel with my children mm. when they were with me? Mm-hmm. And so we became very flexible mm. in what that looked like. How did we play together? How did we experience wonder together? How did we do different things and that allowed us to open up this whole new world that wasn't <laughs> that wasn't assigned by these deep traditions yeah right? I think even last year we I have two kids still at home one of them got quarantined right after Thanksgiving the other one got quarantined about two weeks later and then somebody else in our house got COVID <laughs> so we had an entire month of kind of living in different parts of the house and trying to feed each other, you know, by sliding plate under the door. Very thin pizza under the door. Like where there wasn't a lot of connection. And that was really hard because again, traditionally that month is a month of connection and doing all sorts of Mm -hmm. things and service and, and we couldn't do that. Mm -hmm. And so one morning I, I was the only healthy one I ordered a bunch of stuff from Amazon, like decorations, and I decorated my whole kitchen with streamers and balloons and these really kind of creepy elves that (laughs) hung from the ceiling. And we made breakfast, even Mm -hmm. though it wasn't the morning of, it it was because we needed it. And what we needed was connection, what we needed was joy and lightness and so my suggestion Mm. my advice to to this person who's walking through this and trying to mourn what will be lost Mm -hmm. is to also be receptive to what could be born Mm. in all of this what what will be new Mm -hmm. how do we move into these spaces where once maybe we were locked in by things that were life-giving but also maybe rigid yeah and what can we create that will will be life-giving for our whole family while at the same time like you said making space and saying 
I still need this. So I'm going to find a a way and a place to be able to do this. Yeah. And that, that individual, I think something we, we share an idea about is that maybe individual or solitary time in connecting with what something means to us is important, whether that's a holiday or an experience or whatever that is, it's meaning making. And so I'm thinking about, you know, the, the potential benefit for this letter writer of figuring out in these upcoming holiday season, what are touches that I can just have for myself? And maybe that's morning meditation or journaling. Um, last year I followed like an Advent podcast that was a really cool, it talked about animals in the season and it was very, very neat. And that ability to say, like, I didn't invite anybody else into that with me. That was my touch point with the season of, of resting and the season of sitting down, right. And, and expanding my understanding of what that season means by myself. And then I felt more rooted when I connected with family. Mm -hmm. I want, it's coming to me and I think that it's really important for us to also talk about the sun in this story. Mm. Uh, we in our family have experienced uh, major shifts in faith and understanding. And that has looked different for everyone, but there are, there are certain people in our family who are really grieving and experiencing the hurt mm. that they see around what they once thought, um, but that is no more. Yeah. And, and there is a, a really deep grief and pain associated with that. And so I want to honor space for this son as mm-hmm. well. And the bravery that it takes mm. to say, I want to be there, but I can't do yeah. this. Yeah. Because that's also really brave. And, and I'm not, I want to be sure that we're not saying that in stating that he isn't boundering himself well. Right. Or that he isn't being kind to his family members, sometimes we have to do hard things. Right. And and I want to make space that this may be something very hard for him and that he's trying to to cushion and protect himself against something that has harmed him or has is continuing to hurt him as he moves through right. a transition like that. Uh, so so also some compassion and love and understanding that faith transitions and, and movement, deconstructing, reconstructing, is a really painful process. And if we can look at it as a loss, hmm. we, we would never say to someone, come, but we're going to spend the whole time talking about your loss, mm-hmm. or we're going to spend the whole time talking about what has hurt you, yeah. We would create some very strong boundaries around that as well. Yeah. So making space for everybody's loss in this mm-hmm. and allowing allowing that uh, while at the same time again coming back to what is it that we do want to feel and how can we create that while cushioning. Yeah. And having compassion for for everyone that's in this space. Well, and as you said that, Brooke, I kept thinking about when we are newly navigating something that we feel is going to need boundary. For me, 
whenever I have tried to set a boundary around something that feels important, but it's also new to my community, whether that's my family or otherwise, my boundaries can feel intense and my boundaries can feel pretty extreme or my boundaries can feel very, um, very rigid, right? All or nothing. And that's developmentally appropriate anytime we're starting a new transition or a new navigation. I remember in my my work around my body liberation, when I was first setting boundaries around body talk, I would leave spaces. <laughs> it was like, where'd she go? Because I didn't have the language yet to say, while that works for you, that's no longer part of my my belief system or my language for myself to talk about diet or you know that kind of thing, talk badly about my body. I didn't have that language, so my boundary felt very, very extreme of just leaving a space. Mm-hmm. That was developmentally appropriate for that change at the time. And so the son saying, we'll come, but there can be no conversation around this. If this relationship can be cultivated with love and that compassion you're talking about and understanding for everyone's loss, if everyone can feel deeply respected in how this transpires over the next few years, there is a good and hopeful chance that the holiday season in the not too distant future will probably feel really connected and mm-hmm. very close if this is navigated with mm-hmm. all of those things we just talked about. Absolutely. And I, I think in that deep feeling of being deeply respected and understood and loved and held with compassion, we hear what she values in her letter. Mm-hmm. This is the first time we're going to be getting together. I'm going to have all these people that I love. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about all of the moments that I've spent with my children as they were growing. I'm so excited about these moments and times. Come back to that. Yeah. Let that be the thing. That's right. Not the things that we do, but come back to what your desire is. Yeah. And although we might have to let go of some things if you can move into that space with that being what you want to cultivate mm-hmm. and hold on to it can become even more that than what it once was mm. so it can become even bigger because we allow the loss to happen mm-hmm. absolutely that's beautiful yeah we hope that this we hope that this episode has helped the letter writer to move into the holiday season with a little bit more comfort and steadiness and we hope for all of you that are moving through this season with loss with liberation with pain with joy that you will find moments to care for yourself Mm -hmm. that you will find moments to do the things that allow you to touch that inner knowing that allow you to come back home to yourself whatever those may be and that you will be brave enough to put boundaries around what is most important. Mm-hmm. If you want us to respond to something that's in your heart, if you want to share your story with us, which we hold with so much honor and respect, if you have a question for us, you can go to riverbendcolorado.com and there's a tab there that says podcast. And when you click there, there's a submission form. You can say anything you need to, and you can ask anything you want to, and it's completely anonymous. You have the option to list your email address for us to let you know if we're going to be um, covering your question and when that will happen, but you don't have to do that, and you can leave it completely anonymous. We'd love to hear from you. 
Thank you for joining us today. See you next time.